Uh, good evening. This is the Wine and Life podcast. I'm Wes. We're going to be talking about um, Ecclesiastes today and going into some of the things that it says in chapters 8, um, 16 through 9, 3. We're going to be doing a reading from it and then talking about what it's supposed to mean or what it's talking about. And um, I love this book. It's very interesting and um, partially, partially because it's sort of um, an existential work, um, you know, from the old days. But this is what it has to say. I'm going to read. I'm going to start from chapter 8, 16. I'm going to read through 9, 3. It says this, When I applied mine heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done upon the earth, uh, for also there is that neither day nor night see asleep with his eyes. Then I beheld all the work of God, that a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. Because though a man labor to seek it out, yet he shall not find it. Yea, farther, though a wise man thinks to know it, yet shall he not be able to find it. For all this I considered in my heart, even to declare all this, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. No man knows either love or hatred by all that is before them. All things come alike to all. There is one event to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and to the clean, and to the unclean, to him that sacrifices, to him that sacrifices not. As is the good, so is the sinner, and he that sweareth, as he that fears an oath. This is an evil among all things that are done under the sun, that there is one event unto all, yea, also the heart of the sons of men are full of evil, and madness is in their heart while they live, and after that they go to the dead. Now, He's not explicitly talking just about death there because he says earlier that all things happen to everyone and that love and hate is before them. That is, whatever they're going to do, they may be loved for it, they may be hated for it, they don't know what's going to happen, they don't know if their works mean anything or if they're going to mean anything, and that eventually, even whatever it does mean, it won't mean anything in the future because they're going to die. Their memory is going to die out. And uh, so, of course, that was before things like the printing press and uh, the, the Internet where we can now um, record things, you know, video cameras, things like that. So people in our age are able to um, remember things that occurred even hundreds of years ago. Whereas it wasn't quite the same then. You had people that wrote things, but they weren't always necessarily preserved. So things uh, fall away, they fade away, and all that happens happens to everyone, whether they're good, whether they're bad. An evil thing can happen to a good person, and a good thing can happen to an evil person. And this upsets us. This brings us into a sort of chaos, a madness. As he says, madness is all in our hearts, but not madness necessarily that is instantiated within us, but madness that we are led to uh, because, one, because obviously of sin, but also because of the things that happen. Um, as he says, um, the things that happen, it is an evil among all things that are done under the sun. The fact that the same thing happens to everyone, this is upsetting to him, and he's struggling with it. And so I'm just going to talk. i got three points that I'm going to bring out from this about what the rest of Scripture kind of shows us, and the the number one thing is, I think that when we talk about Ecclesiastes, we have to see it in light of Proverbs um, 17. Hold on real fast. Um, yeah, 1724. Um, Wisdom is before him that has understanding, but the eyes of a fool 
are in the ends of the earth. So the idea that the earth itself, um, looking for answers uh, from earth, from worldly things, from the flesh, is uh, uh, the act of a fool, whereas looking for answers um, within God, that is wisdom. It's before him. The eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. So the things that are done under the sun can't necessarily find us any um, solutions to the problems we have. And so when we look to solutions that are happening because of issues that are happening today, we're talking about things like um, uh, economic issues. Can the free market solve all of the problems we have? Can uh, socialism solve them? Can, uh, you know, anarcho-syndicalism solve them? And all these sorts of things that people are bringing forth. Um, The fact is that none of these things are going to completely solve all of these issues. They're just not. Um, these things, uh, because of us being imperfect, because of us being sinners, the things that we put forth are always going to um, bring about good things for some people, bad things for other people, and then it may even reverse later on in time. There's always going to be bad things that happen, and there's always going to be good things that happen. And who those things happen to, sometimes maybe they're not the right people. Sometimes the bad people get the good breaks. And likewise, but I want to talk first of all, when he's saying that um, the wise man himself can't find out any of the things that are happening, right? He tried to stay up. Of course, he tried to give himself over to madness. He tried to give himself over to wine. He uh, decided to apply his heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done on the earth. So he deprived himself of sleep to find out everything that was happening at all points of time. And then he beheld that the work of God... Um, all the work of God, which is everything that exists, that a man can't find out the work that's done under the sun. And I think this is interesting, too. If you read the the dialogue between him and Job, uh, from Job 38 on to 42, he doesn't ask him sp- Job's spiritual questions. He asks him about ostriches and goats and snow and things like that. Basic things of the earth that we really don't know. And there's we're all, you know, we're finding out all sorts of crazy things about dark matter and black holes and quantum physics, and there's things about creation we simply don't know. So how can we know spiritual things? So there, the issues that are coming about now because of sin and because of just us lacking perspective, understanding how to, how to do things, means that we're not going to fully understand all of the things that are happening to us all the time. And so the first thing I want to talk about is purpose. Um, if purpose can't be found under the sun... Because whatever's on earth is ultimately temporary, whether you're talking about systems, even people, um, whether you're talking about, you know, the ideas of material determinism, things, those materials fall away, nations fall away even. So you can't find your purpose in that. And I'm going to read from uh, Paul, uh, Paul giving a sermon on Mars Hill in Acts 17. Uh, I think this speaks to the idea of ingressive theology specifically in that we are made to move into God. But this is what he says in Acts 17, 24. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwells not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he gives to all life and breath and all things, and has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth 
and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord. If haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much them as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver stone, graven by art and man's device, and the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now God commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he has ordained, whereof he has given assurance unto all men in that he has raised him from the dead. That is, the gospel there is connected to creation. So we find our purpose in our salvation, and we find our salvation in our Creator. And so when we look at purpose... Purpose is found in a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. The reason why purpose is found in that is because he is our maker. Ephesians 3.9 tells us that He, uh, God the Father, through him, made all things. John 1, 1 through 1-4 says in the beginning uh, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that anything that was made was made by him. And so everything that was made, and I think this is important when we read Colossians, Everything that was made was made not just by him, but also for him. So our purpose is found in the, who this person is, which is Jesus Christ. I'm going to read Colossians 1, 15 through 19. Uh, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. So the fullness of deity dwells within this person. And I think that makes sense, that we find meaning in people. Uh, We don't find it in systems. We don't find it in social orders. We don't find it in... um, economic systems or or politics, we will always find our purpose in people. And the person, the person who made us, and we we consider within the, the Trinity three persons, we find our meaning there. So our purpose is found in a person, and that that person is Jesus Christ. So one, our purpose needs to be a person. But two, where then do we find this person? Well, in uh, Colossians 3 as well, Paul says this, this is where we're supposed to set our mind, right? So people who set themselves, like we read from Proverbs 17, 24, people who set themselves on the things of the ends of the earth try and find their meaning in the things that are under the sun. This is what Paul has to say here. If he then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. So we're meant to be in God. Um, you know, I've, I've gone over that in, with the ingressive theology videos about the reason why he made us. He made us from himself so that we could come back to him. As Paul just said, he made us to seek out God and to find him, and even though he be not very far from us. And so we're supposed to be in him, and where is he? He is in heaven. He has ascended to the right hand of God, and he sent our Holy Spirit so that we can be in communion and union with him. And so we are supposed to set our mind and everything that we're about, our purposes, on heavenly things, not on things of the earth. And that allows us to 
you know, rise above these particular issues that are happening at the moment, that we don't have to engage in those things and certainly not um, place judgment on people who are engaged in those things because perhaps they don't know Christ or perhaps they're still stuck on things of the flesh which holds them back. This is what Paul has to say to the Romans, who people who are struggling with things of the world. And I think it would be more... Um, more of a struggle in Rome than in other places because Rome was the center of the world at that time. And we kind of feel that way in America. We're like the center of, um, you know, consumerism and uh, extreme forms of capitalism. And then this fight between ideologies and things like that are happening in our world and we see uh, extreme forms of corruption. So this is what he says to the Romans in Romans 5, 5 through 8. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So people who are involved in things of the earth are involved in aspects of death. Uh, because those things will fade away. And we don't like to hear that a lot because the things that we count as important are things that are essentially temporary, even very large things like businesses, um, ideas like capitalism, ideas like democracy or a republic or the nation we come from. We find our identity in these things and uh, we find our work and what we do. Our purpose is found in these things, but they are going to fade away. They're all going to be gone. There's going to be a time when all of that ends. Could be sooner, could be later, but it's all going to end. So our purpose is found in Christ, and Christ is found in heaven. So that's the second point. The first one being purpose, the the second one being where do we find that purpose? It's in heavenly things. It's not in the things of this earth. That does not mean that we don't deal with the things on this earth. So we're talking about the third point, which is why? Why do we need to focus on these things? Because it says we're trying to please God. Well, why do we have to please God? Well, in, in Isaiah 43, 7, it says, because the reason we were made was to glorify God. Um, that's the whole reason why we exist in the first place, why there even is a sun and an earth that is under it is for the glory of God. And so everything we're supposed to do is supposed to reflect that. Um, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, that everything that we do, eat or drink, is supposed to be for the glory of God. And uh, I'm going to go to 1 Peter 4, 11 real fast and discuss why that's important. Uh, because things were made, essentially, uh, for God. It says this, 4, 11, I missed it. It says this, if any man speak... Let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as uh, as of the ability which God gives, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So everything that we're supposed to do, everything is supposed to be for the glory of God. That is why um, we need to focus on the things in heaven. That does not mean, again, that we neglect the things on earth. I'm going to go to Philippians 2 real fast about having the mind of Christ and what Christ did. Um, Yeah, 2, it says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bows and mercies. I think this speaks directly to Solomon's issues that he's going through, struggling, 
under the sun, that there is essentially no comfort because everything is bad. Everything always turns out the same and everything is the same. He says, Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in a fashion of man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So we are then supposed to be, if we're going to have our, our minds set on heavenly things, if we're going to be uh, in God, we now have to represent who God was when he lived on earth. He gave us an example of what it means to be God on earth. And we are then supposed to behave in that manner. We are supposed to put others above ourselves we are supposed to think of others first and we are supposed to be obedient to the will of god even if that means death even if that means bad things and we look at something like peter when he was struggling in matthew uh, 16 23 right after he had declared that jesus was the christ the son of god he then says i don't want you to die he doesn't want christ to go to the cross because obviously that's terrible and he takes him aside and he rebukes christ and said don't say this and Christ says, get thee behind me, Satan. You're trying to withhold me because your mind is not set on the things of God. And that is what is so difficult, is because sometimes the things of God are so against everything that's a part of our nature and everything that we know to be right. Sometimes the things of God are things that are explicitly wrong in our sensibilities. Uh, and I think that's one of the mysteries, great mysteries of God, is that God himself is offensive to us in many ways. The idea that he rules over us, um, the idea that he um, allows us to die or suffer and things like that, that there's an offensive notion to that there's a God looking over everything, and yet all of these horrible, terrible things happen. And so the answers then are found in Jesus Christ, because he made us specifically for his glory. And so the things that we do, the ways that we react to the situations that we're put in, are the ways that glorify God. It's not that the things we go through in and of themselves glorify God. Right? Somebody doing something bad to us doesn't necessarily glorify God. But say when someone, um, as Christ said, if someone hits you in the cheek, you turn the other cheek. It is the turning of the other cheek that glorifies God. Um, it is the loving of the enemies that glorifies God. It is not the fact that the enemies hate you. It is that you love them back. And that is the way that we set our mind on the things above. So there's purpose that we find in Christ, the person of Jesus Christ. Um, there is the fact that where that purpose is, is found in heaven. And then there's the why, because God made us. And I think that um, Romans, I'm going to go to Romans 11. Romans 11.33 is my, um, personally my favorite verse, but I'm not going to read that one about the mystery of God, but I'm going to read from Romans 11.36. Um, it says, For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. So everything that is, is of him, and everything that we have is through him and is to him as well. We are supposed to be moving into Jesus Christ because that is why 
he made us. And I'm going to read the last one here. But to us, I'm reading from 1 Corinthians 8, 6. But to us, there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things. So everything comes from the Father, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. So everything is from the Father, and everything is by or through the Son. And so there's a connection that we have to God in that we were made by him. We are supposed to be moving towards him. He made us to seek him out. And that our purpose, even though from the perspective of there not being a God, the perspective of things happening on earth is terrible, we find our purpose in Christ. And where Christ is now is in heaven. And we we do that because he made us for these specific purposes. So how do you react to things that are evil? How do you live in a life, in a world that is evil? Depends on where you want to set your mind on. And uh, for the Christian, it must be set on Christ, on things above. So that's all I had to do from Ecclesiastes. If you like the, um, if you like the bit, then hit the uh, subscribe button, or if you want to support it on Anchor, or if you want to support it on YouTube, there will be support links in the description below. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you next time.